Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese, joined as always by Nima Tavali. And on today's show, we will review all the action from match day two of Serie A. AC Milan and Napoli both put in fantastic attacking performances. Milan threshing Torino 4-1. Napoli beating Sassuolo 2-0. Juventus are back to their old ways under Max Allegri after a fantastic performance on match day one. They drew 1-1 with Bologna in a very, very disappointing performance. There is a crisis in Rome. Lazio lose again, two defeats in two to start the season, while Roma also fell to a shock defeat. But Roma are about to sign Romelu Lukaku on loan from Chelsea. So we'll discuss that and a few of the big deals that are happening in these last days of the transfer window. We'll review all of the other action from uh, the weekend in Serie A. For all our first-time listeners, this is our free weekly episode that we do every Monday, reviewing the weekend's Serie A action and all the biggest talking points in Italian football. If you want to support the Italian Football Podcast and receive all of our content that we do throughout the week, including our weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday, where we answer all the questions from our patrons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction, and much, much more, then go to patreon.com slash CIFB and become a subscriber for just $2.99 a month plus VAT. And now you can also sign up to be a paid subscriber on Spotify, and we will provide the link. Same price, same terms. And for all of you that do listen on Spotify, on Apple, on iTunes podcast, we'd really appreciate if you give us a five-star rating, give us a follow and a like. We are on YouTube. Also, it really helps us to grow and do more quality content for you guys. So let's get into today's show. But first, a word from our sponsor. Making your own podcast is fun, but the production of podcasts can also be challenging if you don't have the right software. With Zencaster, the whole process is quick and straightforward. Here at the Italian Football Podcast, we aim to have the highest of standards, and Zencaster provides crystal clear sound and fantastic HD video quality. Furthermore, it's really easy to use. Even boomers like Carlo can manage. There's nothing to download, just one click, and we start recording each episode. Zencaster ensures that your podcasting experience is easy and enjoyable. You don't even have to leave your browser as it possesses all the tools required to get the episode done, from local recording to automatic post-productions. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code ItalianFootball, one word. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. We want you to have the same easy experiences that we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Okay, so let's start off with Juventus because they played on Sunday evening and they draw 1-1 from Bologna and it's um, it's been very frustrating reflecting on this game for for Juventus fans um, because there was uh, there was a, a a degree of hope, cautious hope I would say from match day 1 when Juventus beat Udinese 3-0 and they played a fantastic first half in that game and it was a new Juventus. It was a Juventus that were doing things that we just hadn't seen under Max Allegri in his first two seasons back. It was a a more intense Juve. It was a Juventus with high pressing uh, that were trying to attack that had some kind of more kind of modern ideas um, 
with uh, with Cambiasso playing as an inverted wing back and we were seeing uh, Miretti, the, the mid-centre midfielder, pushing up into a centre-forward position. And we were seeing both wing-backs push really high up. And we were seeing a few, even a few patterns of attack and play as well. Um, and there was this hope that this was what, you know, this was the new Juventus, that Magnanelli, who had come in from Sassuolo, had brought these kind of new kind of ideas, the De Zerbi uh, ideas to the play. Um, and, you know... Is this the Juventus that we were going to see all season? Well, <laughs> watching the first half of uh, this game against Bologna and that hope soon uh, went away, I would say. I mean, we, we still saw the kind of Juventus that were trying to press high and try press the opposition and win the ball back and try and be more attacking. They were still had a, a much more possession than we saw last season. This wasn't a Juventus that were just sitting back and defending their own box. But... We did the unfortunate uh, part of this is that we saw a Juventus that had no ideas, no patterns of play at all, uh, no shots, not a single shot on goal in the first half. Um, it was abysmal watching them. Uh, all the quality, there was just no quality at all. Um, so that was, you know, to sum up Juventus' first half, that was it. It was better in the second half for Juve, but it still, it still wasn't good enough, was it, um, Nima? No, the first half was horrible. Um, and I just felt like Juventus looked almost a bit, not like almost a bit hungover. Like it, it just felt like there was no energy in the team. I, I don't know. Um, for the feeling I got watching them was that there was no go. There was no all of the fire, the the anger, the mm. all all the stuff that we saw in the first game and the first half of the first game was just not there. They just didn't seem fired up for it. Um, I don't want to take anything away from Bologna because I thought Bologna were really good in the first half. I thought they had, you know, Motta had his team prepared really well to counter Juventus and try to lock lock them as well. And they did do that um, to, to, to a certain extent. So I don't, you know, I think we should give credit to Bologna as well. But for me, I thought Juventus just lacked energy. They looked, they didn't have that fire and, and energy. And they had the ideas, but they didn't look like they believed in them if that makes sense almost it was like they 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 sort of you know i think the reason why because we've read now that max allegri went absolutely berserk um uh, in in the dressing room, uh, and I think the reason he did that is because he was uh, the, the, this idea that the players all thought, okay, we're back, we're Juve, just you know, almost convinced of their own, you know, ability to be fantastic and not be able to and not have to do the work almost a little bit of you know not underestimating Bologna, but maybe overestimating how good they are because things went so well in the first game. I think there's a, there was an element of all of those mm. things, um, but Juve. Juve did look better in the second half. They they did look more like more similar to the Udinese game than than, than in the first half. But the first half was just yeah. This first half this was, was terrible. Was zero shots on goal in the first half. I checked it out. They had an xG yeah. of zero point one three in the first half. Zero point one three. That must That's... be a record even for Allegri. Um, and uh, yeah, sort of a little bit lucky to only be one down as well. We'll come to Bologna as well, because uh, like you, I don't want to take anything away from them. I think they're a really good team. Um, but the, se the second half was better. They had more of a go. They created a few chances. They had a, a disallowed goal, um, which was unlucky. It was the correct decision, but it was unlucky. Um, but, but yeah, still not good enough. And I think the bottom line is this for Juventus. And I would, 
even say this for the first game against Bologna, because if you check out the the non um, the, the the non the XG excluding penalties um, in the in the including the, excluding the penalty that they had in the first game, I think it was only around about one um, in the first game. So as well as Juventus played against Udinese, they still didn't really create that many clear chances. And and I think, as you said last week, many of the chances they created actually were from, from mistakes. Um, I mean, the second mm. one was a mistake that gave away the penalty. No, all three goals, all three goals were mistakes. To an extent, yeah. Um, they, they were after yeah. taking advantage of Bologna mistakes. I mean, yeah. I thought the third goal was brilliant last week. But yeah, it cut. So, mm. so you know, so the, this is the bottom line with Juventus. Whether, however they play, whether they're playing in a more, I mean, because I still, I don't, totally agree with the idea of it went back to Allegri 2021 to 2023 no. in the sense that this is a Juventus that are trying to press and they are trying to play with a higher line. I mean, if you look at the average positions in the heat map on the pitch, this isn't Juventus playing with a deep block, which is what we've seen for the last two seasons where they've been defending in their penalty area. This was just a Juventus that still, regardless of playing with a higher line, just still don't really have those attacking patterns of play, the, 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 the ability to create it chances and this is the bottom line with Juventus and this is what needs to change if they're going to have a successful season they had a 0.82 xg in this game um that's just nowhere near good enough to be a Scudetto challenger you can't have an xg of 0.82 um and um this is this is the problem this has been the problem through this has been the biggest problem throughout Allegri's second spell at Juventus they do not create enough chances and if you don't create enough chances you are not going to be successful um, and this is this is what needs to change if Juventus are, are going to be successful this season. I'd like to elaborate on that. I think it's not just creating chances. It's cre- what kind of chances you create. Um, good chances, like, you know, the way that when you see how Milan scored or how Napoli scored, they, they create like these almost impossible to miss chances. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. XGs of 08, 09. Almost, and that is reflected you know? in the XG, you know. Yeah. Exactly, and and that's what I feel is is um, is the problem here. But I do think that they're on the right path. I really think that. I think it would be very unfair, exactly like you said, to say, "Oh, this is the same old Allegri." I I think that would be just very reductive, because it's just not true. Um, I I do think that we are seeing work in progress. I think the players things went maybe a little bit too easy in the opening game. And sometimes, you know, players can, you know, mentally relax and think everything's all right and we're going to everything's going to take care of itself. And, and, and it doesn't do that, especially, you know, teams in the Serie A are so tactically well prepared and Bologna for sure. Um, but before we get to them, I really want to praise Dusan Vlaovic. I thought he's he's um, these two games. He's doing everything that I wanted him to do. To start showing he's not doing it 100% but he's showing that he's trying to do it and he's fighting to do it and he's actually succeeding with some and failing with some I like that I I like his body language is positive his attitude is is just he wants to show that he is good enough for Juve he's good enough to be the number nine at Juve the focal point um and well Two killers' goals, really. Mm. I agree. I agree and disagree. The positive from Vlaovic is, uh, I think, so far this season he's he's been good in the box. His box play, like his 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 movement in the box, his finishing, he's been ruthless. I mean, he's actually scored um, for four goals uh, in his two games, um, but he's had two disallowed. 
uh, and yeah. the finish was fantastic. That was a that was a lethal clinical. Yeah, you know that was a that was a top striker's finish. That was. Yeah, uh, and he also had, you know he, he did well on the goal that, that was disallowed as well. Um, but the negative is uh, his hold up play and his touch outside well, the that's box always is, been the is not good enough. It's just not good enough. In the first half, it was abysmal. In the first half, mm. every single ball that came to him, he you know he moves like a World War One tank at some point. Like he, he moves. <laughs> when he's turning so slowly that the defender just comes in from behind him and, and takes the ball away from him. I mean, it is, it is, it's, yeah, it's too slow. His, his protection of the ball is not good enough. And this is a problem in Juventus trying to build up the play as well and bringing others into play. So, I mean, and while that is the case, Vlaovic is going to continue to be a problem um, for Juventus in terms of their overall game. Um, and so th- that is an issue. See, I'm not. I understand what you're saying, and I do agree. It's not good enough. But at least he's trying to do it. Last year, he didn't even try. Like, this is the thing. We're we're going in the okay. right direction. And you have to remember, he's still a very young player. I mean, and me and players, you could try to do it as well. I mean, we probably wouldn't. Yeah, do but it very well. yeah, but you and me are not 22, 23 years old, and we've never been anywhere near as good as the talent that Dusan Vlaovic has. Mm. And this is what I, I mean. Was quite I think good that as a, as a teenager, right? I'm sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> but, I was a big club, uh, but, so I couldn't hold the ball up. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, I think Dusan Vlaovic. Um, what, what I what I mean is that I think that look, stri- strikers of his caliber, his physique, they usually peak from twenty eight onwards. You know, these big guys in terms of learning. It's very rarely they turn into Erling Haaland this young in his career. These big physical guys. Um, you know, Lukaku couldn't didn't really know how to play with his back against the goal and hold up the play until Antonio Conte got his hands on him. Mm. And in the first training session, the entire that entire preseason, he tattooed Andrea Ranocchio on his back and said, hey, Andrea, this is Romelu. Romelu, this is Andrea. Get to know each other because you're going to live together yeah. for the next That's three fine. That's fair enough. And it's true. But Juventus can't wait. They, they can't go they no, can't but go they have, season no, but they have to. With, with no, no, but this is, this is the, no, no, I get that. But this is the season where he has to show improvement and actually start doing it better yes the first half was abysmal but I, th- I think I think that he will improve on that as the season goes um, and my negative the thing that I'm negative about is that when it comes to Allegri is why the actual flying F did you not do this during preseason because evidently you have whatever you did during preseason was not good enough because Vlaovic still is not where he needs to be in terms of playing with his goal back against yeah. the goal, in terms of the hold-up play. You know that this is how you were going to use him, and he's not ready. Yeah. So you well, didn't do enough Sometimes it comes to, are they able, are they capable of of, of improving that, that side of the game? I think um, Both I think manager and, 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 be... and player. But, you know, Juventus were trying to sell Vlaovic and up until a week or two. Yeah, well, that's so what I mean. That's, that exactly, well. that's exactly what I mean. That's exactly Vlaovic what I mean. Vlaovic is far from being the worst I, mean, I, I don't think there was a single positive performance Um from, from Juventus players, but Vlaovic's few positives are probably... That, I that's love Ealing Jr.'s Chiesa was terrible. Though, Chiesa was, was horrible. Yeah, Chiesa horrible, was horrible. Uh, completely yeah. horrible. I couldn't get, couldn't find the spaces uh, at all to get the ball. I, I think all the starters, none of them were, were, were impressive. We could go through all of them, but I do want to single out one mm. player and that is yeah, Paul, was... Paul Pogba's com- coming back from, from injury, which Jesus. should have been good, but he was, he, he looked like an ex-player. I mean, I'll, I'll give one prop to him. He did the pre-pass for the for the yeah. goal to Illing Junior. That's it. <laughs> Other than that, he he. It was not it nice. Was, it was it was quite not, sad was... to see actually how slow yeah, he that's was. That's what I was going to say. So it was sad. Slow. 
It was sad. Yeah. It, he, he, it looked like a former player at an exhibition game. Like he moved like Diego Maradona. I was going to say the same 45. thing. It was like Maradona when he was like 50. And, and, and like. Yeah, <laughs> it was not nice to see at all. At, at like some sort of, you know, charity exhibition match for, I don't know, you know, raising funds for refugees in a UN game. Like it, it looked horrible. He looked absolutely horrible. And it's, it's not nice to see. But then again, we shouldn't go too hard either because he's been away for so long. It takes time to get into match fitness. But yeah, and he didn't have yeah, a rhythm it, either. So you know, let's let's yeah. let, let's let him off for this one. But it didn't. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it didn't, didn't look, look good. good at all. It didn't. It's not a good look. No, no, it really wasn't. Yeah, it really, really wasn't. The other thing, the other few things I want to say about Juventus is number one, um, forty-five minutes throughout Juventus's second spell. Juventus have never played more than forty-five minutes. Uh, good football, even in the games where they've where they've played, where they've had their had their rare good games under Allegri during the second spell. I'm thinking against Inter in that in the Coppa Italia final in the first season, where they were played, they had they were really great for for a They're good really period good. of that game, uh, and then they just completely fell away. Uh, and even uh, I'm just trying to think where else Benfica. They had a really good like 20 minutes against Benfica last season. Um, there's been a few other examples I'm sure people can come up with where Juventus have been really good for like maybe 45 minutes, not much longer than that. And then the rest of the game, they just can't maintain it. And this is what happened in the first game against Udinese. And, you know, I was a bit critical and I, I was like, you know, the second half they fell away. Okay, maybe they were managing the game. Maybe it was hot, you know. Yeah. But it does, whatever the enough of the excuses you know Juventus they can't play only play for 45 minutes uh, of course they not. have to they have and that that also that also works it works its way into your unconscious as well you know if it's in you mm. that's why I was so critical last week I was like you have to drum it into your into your brain that we play for 90 minutes because I mean look what happens the very yeah. next game they were dreadful in the first 45 minutes the second 45 minutes they were better but you can't play for only mm. for only a half or only for a portion of the game top teams have to be good no. from start to finish uh, no you have to be switched on you have to be switched on for 90 minutes it's as simple yeah. as that uh teams are too i don't know if it's mental you know, physical bit of both but juventus i, mean, I think it's a combination of all yeah. of the above i think it's uh i think it's um this juventus juventus are in transition and uh, not just on the pitch but also off it but if you're talking about on the pitch i think that some of these players if you, this is the thing when you try to build around younger players who have less experience playing at a big club and being switched on for 90 minutes week in week out is is a skill it takes time to acquire that skill um and i think juventus need to you know and whether or not you you can acquire that skill no matter how good you are technically mm. that's the difference between a very good player and the players that make it at the big clubs yeah well i don't blame the players i blame the manager for that there's no doubt there's, well, of course there's no doubt about that because of course you because, do uh, of course you do, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can blame the players. Um, I do blame Allegri's starting eleven. Um, in in the two years, you've, Allegri's never had the same starting eleven ever. Now, obviously, Chesney was enforced for this because he was injured. Mm. But I can't understand why he started Fajoli in this game. Why? Why change a winning team? Why not start exactly? Because Miretti was horrible against Udinese. I thought. Well, he wasn't. I don't think he was horrible. I thought he was decent. I don't think he was outstanding. But Fajoli mm. was horrible against Udinese. Absolutely yeah, horrific and clearly he was not, not fit. fit. He was horrible. He in, was not horrible fit. in this game. Why not just play exactly the same tactically? Moretti carried out what 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 Juventus were trying to do in that first game. He was yeah. pushing up as a no, centre forward. True. Why not just keep mm. the same team? Why change it? Why change Moretti for Fagioli in this game? 
It makes no sense. Yeah. Fact, Allegri needs to stop mm. this. He needs to, to if they're going to get into a rhythm and create these patterns and create this this identity, then you have to just tr- you know play the same team. Juventus are only playing once a week. They don't need to change the team and, and rotate. Yeah, Conte. If you remember when Conte plays once a week, he finds his team and he sticks to it. And yeah, then it's just and Milik. Another thing is Milik and Vlaovic should never ever play together. Never, I just, I've never liked Twin Towers. It's like at 1980s, it's like 1980s, it's like 1980s English football. You just play two big men uh, up front together. Zlatan Adriano. I mean, I just, I don't like it. it it's rarely ever worked. Um, I, I, it's, it's horrible. So I don't, I don't. Lukaku and Dzeko. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, you know. Yeah, it's. Uh, so that's yeah. the other thing. And then, and the other thing I want, the last thing I wanted to say, well, two last things. First of all, Locatelli is a six. Again, doesn't convince me no. at all. Doesn't convince me, uh, and um, also, and Motta was very good at this in the in the first half. He was he was cutting out the um, the, the the passing lanes to into the midfield, uh, and mm. certainly to the wide men to the to the wing backs. Cambiasso especially, Cambiasso couldn't get in the game. Um, and I and I said again, that's another warning I had from first game. If you become too predictable and everything goes through one side of the pitch on the left or through one man, Cambiasso, you become predictable. Motta learned from that. He cut out the passing lanes. He let Bremer, well, he let all the defenders just have the ball. Juventus' defenders, they're just not good enough. I mean, Danilo, I think, is okay. But Bremer and yeah. Alexandra, especially Bremer, they're so bad like constructing the play from the back. Yeah. They're so bad in possession. That is a problem in modern football. If your defenders it can't is. use the ball, it doesn't matter how good you are defensively. Aaron Wan-Bissaka is one of the best one-on-one defenders probably in Europe. But he, he, he can't even kick a football. <laughs> you know he really can't <laughs> so, no he really can't it's it's truly remarkable that that yeah no, you know right. so I think I, this I think is an issue and right. I think Motta knew that so he let the defenders have the ball he cut out the passing lanes and mm. Juventus had they had no solutions I mean this, that's also up to the manager to find the ways around I that I was going to say you know but that I, I blame that I blame Allegri well I blame Allegri but I also acknowledge is. the point that Juventus' defenders are so bad constructing the play that that is an issue. And meanwhile, you've got Leonardo Bonucci there, who's only his his his, his most best feature is building from the back, is yeah, passing from the true, back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 strange to me. Um, so, I mean, if if you got, I, I'm not saying they should. Well, start you solve Bonucci one problem other, and you and you create another problem. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's exactly the point I was going to make. Yeah. It's like you've got one guy who's really good at that, but he's a hundred million. He's a hundred million years old, and he can't do anything other than that. And the others, and and he causes defensive. Mm. He causes the others to to, you know, problems defensively because of the fact that he's so old and slow. Yeah. And his timing is off. But yeah, no, Bremer is a problem with the ball at his feet for sure. Um, I think Bremer regrets going to Juve. I think if he had gone to Inter, it would have been better for him and Inter and Juve if they'd gone for someone else. Because I, I, I don't see Juventus. And the reason I say that is I don't see Juve. Okay, Danilo's fine, but Alexandro, it's not working. And Juve Gatti is not the solution. I think long term. Um, I think he can do something for them as a rotation player. But yeah, Juventus have problems in defence. They really do. Yeah. This is nowhere near the great Juve defences that we've seen. There's always different role players. And you have, you know, throughout history from the 70s, 80s until now, regardless of what era, when Juventus were great, you had a complete defence. You mean you had different players who could all do different things and together they complemented each other and were unbeatable. 
this is not yeah it. I think I think this you just need to sign a centre back this summer but you know maybe, maybe Hoyson can come through or maybe you know somebody mm. can come through but yeah I think mm. I think they needed to sign a centre back um, let's 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 we've, we've spoken about you so let's just very quickly a bit of praise with Bologna because Bologna are a very good team and I think this also shows this also reflects well on Milan as well uh, how good their performance was because I said after that game Bologna weren't bad in that game against uh, Milan mm. Milan were just were just very very good. And uh, I think Motta, he outcoached Allegri, certainly in the first half, but he has, a, he has a big career ahead of him. You see the clear identity, they, they press high, they counter-press, the clear ideas, the patterns, the identity. You know, I thought they were very good. I want to praise, I have to put my hands up, <coughs> both of us were very, very critical of Zerksi after the Milan because game. Because he was awful against He was Milan, awful, but he was, <laughs> but he was fantastic in this game. He was man of the match. Yeah, he, he was. He was man of the match in this game. Yeah. Um, he, he, was, he was holding up the ball. He was bringing people. He was doing yeah. everything that Vlaovic wasn't doing. In that I was just time. about to say that. Everything yeah. that Vlaovic should have done, yeah. he did. Bringing others into play. He got the assist. He set up Ferguson again for another chance. He forced a great save from Perrin before that, um, that, that uh, push from, well... It was a penalty, the Ealing Junior on Ndoy. Yeah, it, we have to talk about the. the it wasn't a scandal, those... as some people are saying, but it was a it was a penalty. It was a light push. It was a very light push, but it stopped him from scoring, so it should have been a penalty. Uh, Here's the thing: like the, the way I look at the, those those contentious issues is the offside uh, Rabio when Vlaovic scored is it's the laws of the game say that you if you impact play by standing in the vision of the goalkeeper when the shot is 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 if you're in an offside position and you, you you're judged to impact play if you're standing in the line of vision of the goalkeeper when the shot is made and that's exactly what Rabiot does so that's a correct decision yeah so there's i mean it, do i think it's a stupid rule and the offside that's fine that, that's a different debate well no, i think it's a correct rule that. because i nothing drives yeah. me mad than than players that are interfering you know my rule i would go i, I would go, i'm with you as i would that. go full blown no, I'm, I'm just saying no no i'm just, no no what i'm saying is that, like people's interpretations yeah, yeah, or yeah, feelings yeah. about the laws yeah. is one thing mm. the laws of the game are what yeah, they yeah. are that's a correct decision there's nothing to debate the penalty uh, that was not given the handball when the I can't remember which which Bologna defender it is, mm. but he's sliding with his with his with, he's sliding and he's got his arm behind him to hold his balance. Yeah, and the ball clearly hits his hand. That's not a penalty. Like mm. it's that's just the laws of the game. I think again, do we feel that the handball rule is ridiculous or blah blah blah? That's a different debate. Yeah. The the thing that I find the most contentious is the Dibello thing because it's quite up uh, for for the um, Ealing Junior on Endoya, and the reason for that is so the reason why it didn't go to VAR is that Dibello saw who's Dibello or, so or, nice. the, the goal the the referee yeah former um, referee yeah no so basically what what no no he's not the former referee he is oh referee. sorry I thought you so, meant Dibello the former yeah, no, referee no, no, no. right okay no 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 so basically what happens is. He saw, the referee saw what happened mm. and he communicates what he saw to the VAR. In that situation, if what the referee is, is, is explaining to the VAR that what he saw is correct, according to the images, VAR can't tell him to have a second look because that's his call. You can't overrule the referee. People think the VAR can overrule the referee. It can't. It's, it, and that's the definition of a clear and obvious error. He, he made the call that if this were in the middle of the pitch... They were both going for the ball. No one was in control of it. It's a simple tussle. They got tied up into one another and fell over. And that's why it's not a pe penalty. And he felt that Ndoye, he gave him a yellow card for simulation even. Um, so I personally think that's that's a scandalous decision because if you look at that, that situation, 
I understand he didn't have the foresight of VAR and blah, blah, blah. You have to make that call as you see it, and I'll give him that benefit of that doubt. But to me, is to me when I look at that, is I see one player ahead of the other player. The ball is free. He's about to take it, and then he's tripped. That's not a tussle for the ball. That's a penalty, and that's that, that's that's a mistake. But otherwise, I thought Dibello got everything right. I thought he 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 had a. Or sorry, I thought the referee had a really really good game. Yeah. I thought I, I don't think it was anything scandalous other than that. It's just this is how football is now, and VAR is 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 what it is part of the game, yeah. and and they're not very good at they're not <laughs> they're FIFA, UEFA, all these national FAs are not very good at explaining the laws of the game to the viewers and so people there's confusion and people get angry yeah I mean I thought it was a penalty I don't think it's scandalous because yeah. if you actually look at it that there is very little of a touch but but you know like you said if you're ahead of the man and you, you impede yeah, the player uh, mm. without impeding him I think he I think he scores but you know it's, oh he scores so I mean yeah but anyway yeah. the but for test but, but for the impediment but, yeah. but, um, but we have to praise Bologna because I thought Ferguson yeah, very do. good he scored he was, he's always a goal threat I thought Posh, remember I, I praised him for his performance against mm, Raphaeliao, he, he kept Kukies and Cambiasso quiet, obviously it was a team game. Uh, and Ndoy, again, who I praise, I think he's going to have a good season. Um, I think he's good. I think he gets at players, he attacks them, he beats his man, um, he's got a bit of pace. Um, I like them. I said I like Bologna. I said I think they're going to finish in the top half. After watching this game, I'm, I'm, I'm confident they're going to finish in the top half this season. Unless they have a bad last week to the window, some players could leave. We'll see who they bring in as replacements. Um, I think they're a good team, and I think the motto factor will um, will make the difference um, for them. And, and so, yeah, I, I like Bologna. Um, let's move on, though. Let's move on to Napoli, who who I also liked. Um, I thought they were totally dominant. This was this was after I thought a slightly I wouldn't say disappointing performance against Frosoni, but it was you know it, there were some questions. Um, this was this was the real Napoli of last season. Back, I mean. They completely dominated. They created chance after chance after chance. Conceded nothing. XG of 3.53 to 0.15. That that tells you everything. Um, I mean, this was this was a great Napoli performance. It was. It really was. And Victor Osserman. I mean, I'm we're running out of superlatives to to describe this guy now. He he's just he, he the way. He's he's such a nuisance, and he's such a complete striker. And he, the way his runs and his timing of his runs and his hold up play and and his his link up play and his aerial threat and, and 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 now he's kind of becoming this kind of you know it feels like he's much more sharper in the box as well. Nah, I, this guy is what a start to the season for him and he again he is he is dragging napoli just like last season he is napoli's most important player he's dragging napoli to wins he wins games for them but napoli do have patterns of play ding ding <laughs> um they they do have that they do have that under rudy garcia and we knew that they were going to have that the issues were more of a defensive nature with rudy garcia that sometimes are very hollow his teams but attacking-wise, there's never been many questions. Yeah. But to be fair, I mean, and, and also Di Lorenzo, you know, or as you know, our good friend Patrick Kendrick calls him, Tuscan Cafu, um, was amazing. Captain Fantastic. I mean, I, I think I've said it last week as well. I said, look, he's becoming this kind of... The, he's becoming a captain and a senator at Napoli. And, and given that he's such a gentleman off the pitch, he's becoming almost like the, the kind of character that... 
you know, the, the gentleman senator captain at like Zanetti, Maldini, and Del Piero were at those clubs. He's becoming he's become he's, he's becoming Mister Napoli um, on and off the pitch, and 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 he's leading defensively and uh, offensively by example. Yeah, great going forward this season as well. And it's just you know he leads by example and this kind of quiet leader, um, and and he was again fantastic. Uh, he really no, he was. I thought the whole. I thought the whole attack was was excellent. Uh, Politano was electric, and Raspadori was good, but he's unlucky. Um, you obviously with the hit in the woodwork, and but I think he's going to have a good season. I think. I think this is going to be. I don't want to call it breakout season, but Raspadori, I think, is going to kill it this season. Yeah, let's see. He needs to score more goals. Um, but he's that is but, true. But he's yeah. I mean, he's so comfortable on the ball and so good on the ball. And, but I think Anguissa made a big difference replacing Clemente mm. State as well. You saw, I mean, we saw that in the first game actually. When when yeah. Anguissa came on, you saw a totally different uh, Napoli. So Anguissa obviously makes makes a big difference, doesn't he? He brings that power to the Napoli midfield, uh, and but as he, well as the I mean, technical quality about, as well. Yeah, that's the thing, though. I mean, I, I thought your comparisons last season to Vieira were spot on. This kind of spider in the web kind of character and and can do a bit of can do everything in midfield and he I think he is one of the best midfielders in the Serie A and, and he will you know when he's not there he's going to be missed and I think Cayuste needs a, needs more time but yeah no Anguissa was outstanding Napoli look balanced when he's on the pitch yeah in both phases mm. and and that's that's a that's an important kind of player to have uh, in a team no absolutely um and the one problem though, that we saw from this game. The only negative from this game is, again, Napoli penalties. I mean, Ossiman took the first one, buried it. I don't know why he didn't take the second one. They need one. to stop this. Why, are they, why did they change and rotate is, is an issue. Surely they need, to, they need to stick with one person. And but, but I then Raspadori misses they... it, hits the bar and puts it over. I mean, I mean, Ossiman, I don't think, is a particularly hasn't got amazing record on penalties either. So I don't know what Napoli... Napoli needs to sort this issue out because it's going to cost them again. The thing is, I understand why he wanted to give it to Raspadori because they want to get him scoring. But you do that when you're 3-0 up. Do you know what I mean? Like when the game's already won. The game was not won, like in terms of number, like in terms of goals. Wasn't it 1-0? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's just, yeah. And and it's like, it's kill the game off, then do that stuff. Mm. Um, and Ossiman needs to like he should be like he should be the designated penalty taker. Full stop. Mm. You know, simple as that. Yeah. And finally, on Napoli, it looks like uh, Lozano is leaving, and Jesper Lindstrom is is coming in. Um, so mm. I don't, yeah, I don't know what to think of that. Lindstrom is he's quite a he's quite um, adaptable play. Can play in a number of roles. So maybe that's why they're going, why they're bringing him in. Um, because he can play both sides, seven, eleven. Mm. He can play uh, as an attacking midfielder as well. So I mean, if they yeah. do kind of go to a more of a four-two-three-one, which they do sometimes switch it up at certain stages yeah, of the game. Do. So maybe, yeah, he can be useful there as well, especially after not getting Vega. Um, so yeah, that 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 looks like it's going to be the final signing for for Napoli. But we have to say, we have to say, Sassuolo are dreadful. I yeah. don't like them at all this season. They're going to struggle, um, aren't they? They are going to struggle, and they look so bad. Um, they look devoid of identity more than anything else, and I wonder 
how many more games they will wait before they make a change on the bench. That's it. See, when you're critical of, say, Italiano and Di Zerbi, I understand the weaknesses in those those two managers' games. But I feel that what they bring is so outstanding that that it makes up 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 for it. Whereas with Dionisi, he has the same kind of vision of the game, but I don't see... What, I don't yeah. think he brings any... The positives don't outweigh yes, the negatives. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and mm, no. I, I just, that's what I feel with Dionisi. I mean, I understand it's Sassuolo. I understand, you know, when these managers are managing this level clubs, it's not easy. You, you have to have your, your expectations have to be tempered. You know, you can't expect them to, we're not expecting him to, to get into Europe with Sassuolo, but I'm expecting more, you know? And I just don't see... The defensive solidity we know has always been an issue, but I'm not even seeing enough from the attack as well. Uh, no, I'm not. And Berardi, this Berardi situation is ridiculous as well. Um, they need to resolve that. And, and I find it really strange that a club as well run as Sassuolo and Carnavali, the, the, the CEO, that he's allowed this situation to get to this point that they haven't handled it better, that you'd expect him to have a better relationship and understanding and communication with Berardi. So as not, you know, given that he is Berardi, it's a sort yeah. of the captain, the leader. So as They it need not a striker as well. Pinamonti is just <laughs> into, into a laugh all the way to the bank with that deal. They really do. God bless. Um, I think it was Dionisi. Wasn't Dionisi Rempoli that season when he scored his 12, 13, 14 goals? Or, however, or was it Andrea Zoli? Whatever, whoever it was. That season when he scored those goals at Empoli and they sold him to, to, to Sassuolo for this amount of money, who, I think it was Andrea Zoli, they should send him a gift basket from, from, with goodies from Luciano Spalletti's wine um, farm or his farm because cause it's a fantastic uh, farm, by the way. It produced amazing olive oil and, and, and wine. But they should send a gift basket to whoever it was because Pinamonti, I've been, I, I do not rate him. Him and Sebastiano Esposito... No, I don't see it. I yeah. do not see it. And I am thrilled that we got that, that Inter managed to. At least Esposito's got football. some skill and some, some, some X factor to him. Whereas mm. Pinamonti is just like a beanpole. It's just, <laughs> that's all he is. I mean, he's. A beanpole! Yeah. <laughs> he just oh stands there. No movement, no. no you just, uh, I just don't, I just don't, don't get it at all. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Milan. Milan, fantastic performance of the of the well from the big teams. Performance of the weekend uh, in in Serie A, and they did have an unchanged team. See, they played fantastic in the first game against Bologna. They kept the same team, which is what I wanted from Juventus, uh, and I think they sent out a message to to the rest of Serie A on this 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 this, this uh, opening week of the season. Four uh, one win against Torino, completely blew them away. Uh, Torino just couldn't live with them. Um, their yeah. attacking performance, but I mean, they were even good defensively as well, apart from the scrappy goal they conceded. But they created so many chances, 3.226 XG to 0.56. Um, but the biggest takeaway, well, the whole attack was fantastic, but the front three really is is, is already gelling. Rafael Leal, Giroud, and Pulisic, they look like they're going to score so many goals this season. They, they offer a bit of everything. Um, it's a very attacking Milan. I think Pioli said after the game that they're always attacking with five players. Uh, mm. And you see that, like, I was, again, I was looking at the, the average positions of the pitch and Rinders and Loftus-Cheek playing very, very high up, um, both of them. 
And we were already praised Linders about how great he was. But I thought Loftus-Cheek was really, really good in this game. He was good. He was really oh, good. I need Fantastic to... assist for the first goal for Pudis. Now I'm starting to understand why they signed him. Because I'm starting to understand why they wanted Loftus-Cheek. Now I get it. Because up until now, I've not understood it at all. But now, I'm, if it's if this is the role that he's going to have at Milan, okay, fair enough. I, I see it. Then just keep him fit and he can do a job for you. Yeah. Um, but... Pulisic, I'm sorry, hate to say I told you so. I, I, I'm not surprised at all. He, He's going to be the first American player to succeed at a classic Italian, or a classic European, European big not club. Not Italian, yeah. Yeah, European, yeah. He's going to be the first US men's national team player to succeed at a classic big European club. To be a star club. at a big, a really traditional yeah, star big, at a star yeah. at a traditional big club. Yeah, that's what I said before the season, and, and I thought it was all the signs were there. And, and I think he will do because, again, you're talking about a player who's 24 years old, has lots of experience. He's already been at Chelsea and Dortmund and he's got big, big game experience. He's got, you know, big club experience. And he also comes to a Milan who needs that kind of a player. And he's, his mentality is, is the right one. And he knows that this is like not his last chance, but this is an important chance that he can't mess up. And... Milan are using him in the right way. Um, and I thought he was fantastic again. I really, really like what he does. He's going to be, yeah, Serie A, every Serie A team needs to watch out. And the thing is, what Milan did when they sold Tonali and got all these players was exactly that. They, they created depth that they didn't have last season. Like we spoke about the Champions League semi-final, but also when Pioli started his second, you know, his second team against Bologna away in the Serie A, uh, last season, you saw that the depth just wasn't there. And if you don't have the money to invest, you need to create the depth. And that's what Milan have done. Um, they are going to be um, a difficult side, a uh, very difficult side. Um, I'm just very curious to see what happens when teams start finding them out and they start blocking them. Because like you said, like Pioli said after the game, attacking with five players leaves you exposed, can leave you exposed. In the in the Serie A, I'm I'm keen to see what he does or what purely do and what me how Milan react to when teams block them, because at some point they will do that and find them out. Yeah, but I think what's good about Milan is that they've got so many different attacking weapons. They aren't predictable, you yeah, know. So that you, you you lock down one area of the pitch where they've got other areas and other ways that they can score, uh, and that's why you know like when I was saying about Juventus in the first game of the season, well, mm. everything come from the left. It all came through. Cambiasso, Chiesa. So Motta locked that down. And then, well, where were the ideas? The right-hand side of Juventus is not good enough. It's weak. Uh, and, um, and you know, so with Milan, well, if you if you somehow, we could talk, I want to talk about it in a second, if you somehow managed to succeed in shutting down Leal Tio on the left-hand side, which, which I think very few people will be able to do, well, you've got Pulisic attacking from the right. You've got, uh, you know, you've got Reinders and Loftus-Cheek through the middle, you've got Giroud that can still, you know, has a different way. But crosses in for Giroud. I mean, I think the Milan attack is very complete now. I think they've got a bit of everything. They've got the pace. They've got the, they can put crosses in for Giroud. They've got, uh, they can, they've got, I mean, we saw the, the kind of passing patterns and the, and the movement and we saw them winning the ball high up and we saw the transitions. We saw them on the counter attack. I mean, I think they, they've got different ways of scoring uh, and they've got players mm. on the bench as well who we've barely seen anything of yet. You know they've got depth, mm. um, so I think it's looking really, yeah. it's looking really, really good. It's been a really, really 
good starts the season for Milan. Um, and, you know, Pulisic, fantastic. I mean, he scored. Uh, he nearly scored again in the second half. He had some really great bursts in, in, in play. That, that kind of acceleration that he has from one to five metres is really, yeah. really good. Um, but, you know, there's Giroud as well. I mean, he's got three goals this season. Okay, two, were, two of them are penalties, but, you know, he nearly scored with another goal. He looks really good. Um, but what? But the, also, I also want to talk about the Liao Tio connection, um, no, it's, because all the it's you know people obviously you know Milan fans very upset with losing Tonali. But if you think about it, Milan have kept Milan have still got three world class players. Liao, if we can call him world class now, he's he's close to world class. Tio Hernandez, uh, and then obviously Magnon in goal. Um, but these two on the left hand side. I mean, what a goal. What a goal that was. I mean, <laughs> it was genius. It was truly gorgeous. It was, the it dink was truly was genius. Gorgeous. I mean, the pass was fantastic yeah. from Liao, but the dink uh, over the keeper, <laughs> effortless, just, just elegantly dinking yeah, it no, over. It's stunning. Absolutely stunning. Um, no, they, they do have the best left hand side in, 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 in world football, I think. Those two together, they, they can do everything. Yeah. Um, they, they, it was it was gorgeous. It was football. What we call in Swedish football candy. That's football candy. That that's just delicious. The Swedes have all have the best sayings. They really do. <laughs> Why do like it's, this needs, more people need to know about Swedish sayings? <laughs> but yeah, sensational, uh, sensational. Te- Teo Hernandez has been sensational this season. We're also seeing this growing trend in football uh, with the with fullbacks becoming inverted mm. and we're seeing that with Teo as well. I think mm. we saw it a bit last mm. season as well, but the way that he drives through the centre of the field and he's like a train, like a speed train. Once he starts going mm. through the platform, that's it. You, you, you can't stop him. He's not stopping. No, and, and he's not stopping. And he, and he eats up the grass and, and, and I thought, yeah, Liao, Liao and Teo were, were unplayable in this game, both of them. Mm. And mm. Loftus-Cheek again, as we said, um, Chelsea influence on this man. Too. Yeah, I was going to say the C in AC Milan stands for Chelsea now, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, it's it's Ruben Loftus Cheek, You say it, Chelsea <laughs> Association, Chelsea. Yeah, Associazione Association Chelsea Milan. No, there is there is a clear Chelsea uh, link there, and 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 Pulisic is is. Um, I think he's. Um, I mean, Giroud, we already know. Uh, you know what he's done for Milan. He's been outstanding, uh, but but Ruben Loftus Cheek is the one that I had the biggest doubts about. Uh, but Pulisic, I had no doubts. I think he's going to kill it at Milan, and I think he started really really well. Mm. Talking about penalties, Milan, in, talking about penalties. Yeah. Just to be fair, um, I thought it was hard. I don't think that was. I, I know. I know. And yeah, I don't think so. You know why? Because I think when your hand makes your body unnaturally bigger, which it does, it might be in a natural position you can argue with that but you can't say that it doesn't make his his body unnaturally bigger and and that is why i think that was it was in front on. of him though that isn't making yeah but it's the thing is the rules yeah, the rules say the rules say because we've actually seen some penalties not given where the ball's being blasted mm. at a player there was one ridiculous one i think it was actually form against milan i think it might be an atletico madrid game or it was someone mm. they blasted it and someone parried it like a goalkeeper they had their hands in front of their chest and parried it away and everyone was going ballistic rightly so because it's a ridiculous rule like how can you parry the ball away with both hands in front of your chest and and it didn't get given because the rules state that you're not making your your body bigger if your hands are in front well, of your chest. Well, you're allowed to... Pre- no, no. Well, it was... it was. I think it was Inter against Bayern Munich. That's right, yeah. Mane. Yeah. Mane. But that wasn't his chest. It was his face. 
and you're allowed to protect your face when the ball is coming at high speed against you. Mm. And th- then they use the but for rule. But for the hand in front of your face, it would have hit your face. It's not making your 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 arm, even though it's above your shoulders, it doesn't make it unnaturally bigger because you're, you're protecting your face. And if it, your hands hadn't been there, it would have hit, smashed your face and you're allowed, because that's a human, that's a normal human reaction to do that. So, so, so they do make allowances for that. I think this was different. I think this was clumsy. Um, he makes his his hands have no business being there, and it, it, to me that's a stonewall penalty. I do have question marks for the second penalty though. That to me remind was, me the second mm, one, the one the shores on Tomori. Oh right, that was okay. that to well, me. Well, yeah, because he went through him though. More, he got man and ball. So mm, I mean, if mm, you get the man, if you go know. through the man, I mean, you're going to give. That's just the, again, it's the rules. You get you take yeah, the player. Th- that's that's exactly my issue is exactly that. that. The, rules. the laws of the game are not clear, and the directives that they've given there in that situation are not clear. It's a bit enough. like the same with Van Dyke. I mean, Van Dyke when he got sent off, he, he took out he took the ball, but he t- went straight through the player as well when he got to yeah, the ball. You can't fly that was a flying challenge. Yeah. Though. But I mean I mean that was he got man and ball and he got I, lot he got all the ball but he also took the man. Well, he as got well. the grass, he got the ball, he got the man, he got everything except for the I mean <laughs> that that was rash as well that challenge. Yeah. I, right? I just that, think that, that, that was, I just think with this Bonjourno one I think it I think it was harsh because I think that, you know, when you play football, when you're marking a player in the box from that situation, mm. you're naturally, players, are t- you know, you're, you're feeling the, the player, the player's backing mm. into you as well, the, the, the forward's back, you, you know, you, you've got him and you're feeling him out and you're touching his back. And the, the ball came on, Giroud flicks it on and there's no, I mean, there's no way I think he can get out of the way. I and mean, you can say, yeah, his, his hands are in front of him. But, mm. but well, that's his what hands I mean, are in front of him because he's feeling bigger. the player. You know, that's that's a natural. That's, that's, fair. that's naturally what you do when 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 you're. Yeah, well, that's naturally what you do, but the, but that's not the way that they interpret it in terms of making it the the your your body naturally unnaturally bigger. That is textbook unnaturally bigger. Yeah, and that's why I think it's harsh. Personally, I think I, th- I think it's the laws of the game. I, I think it's you know this is again they need to they need to you know they've tinkered with it so much that most people don't know what's going on. But I think if you're looking at, I mean, by the laws of the game, that was that's a penalty. The second one I have more doubts about, because if you look at it, Shorts is not even looking at Tomori. Like, he's, his eyes anywhere, and, and they clatter into each other. Mm. And so you can argue that, you know, that there was no intent there. Um, but I don't know. It's, it, it is unclear. It, yeah. The laws of the game sometimes it's are looking good. And, it's and, looking good for Milan anyway, and they oh, and they got Roma next, so that's going to be uh, going to be a big game. Torino, though, just very, very, very quickly on their yeah. horrible start to the season for Torino. One point, they were horrible against Cagliari in the nil-nil, created nothing, uh, and we were saying now they had nothing in attack. I mean, they had nothing in attack in this game either. The, the goal they scored was a lucky goal. It was off a def- it was off a mishit shot. Uh, and then they just it just they just swung and and and, and scored. Shures scored, but the, the issue also with Torino is even the defense defensively, defensively looked awful. Shures, by the way, I mean Inter Inter better to get Pavard done. They don't want to have Shures yeah. as, as they all. No, no, they can't. They can't go after Shures because yeah. he's not even a right centre back. I don't understand these links. It's such a stupid thing. Do you know who he reminds me? Of? He reminds a... me a little. I mean, I think he has more pace. Uh, than than um, than Delict, but I think his lateral movement again is uh, Delict desk, isn't it? He's yeah, he's, he's it a is. big guy, he's heavy footed. Uh, Liao very heavy. Liao had a and Tio, but Liao especially had a th- field day against him. Um, but that's the thing—you don't put man 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 marking of these heavy guys against these light footed. 
you know, Liao surfing past him. Like, it's yeah. just... Yeah, that, no, that was on Juric. I love Ivan Juric. He was the third and fourth goals were his fault. Um, he he was yeah he was he's not very good. So yeah, Torino Torino need a striker definitely. And um, let's move on to Rome. Though there is a crisis in Rome. Um, start off with Lazio, who lose one nil to Genoa. That's two defeats in two at the beginning of the season. Um, and I mean I again I mean I I Lazio don't convince me um, at all. Um, but. I think it's a structural issue. And I think the structural issue is because Sarri's a system manager, similar to Conto, although their systems are diametrically opposed. The problem is systemic. When one player doesn't work, they it's, it's like they're marching bands. Do you know what I mean? Sarri's football is, is a marching band, and so is Conte. He needs to have every single instrument fine-tuned. Otherwise, when one isn't working, it sounds it rings false. It doesn't sound good. I think the issue here is Ciro Immobile. He's not a Sarri number nine. And as much as they've tried to, you know, put, you know, plaster over it, it he's not. And his lack of movement in that system makes everything else not tick. Um, I'm not blaming Immobile per se. I'm just saying tactically he doesn't suit what Sari wants to do. And I think that the sooner they bring someone else in and start wrote, if he starts playing that kind of false nine or similar to what he did with Mertens in Senior Callejon, where they are much more fluid, Lazio will start ticking again. Um, right now they're not ticking. It's tactically not working, and it's because Immobile doesn't offer that. Immobile is a number nine. He's a penalty area striker. He's one of the best in, in Europe in the last 10 years um, in that system. But I think they should have probably let him go to Saudi Arabia this summer. Um, that would have that would have been the smart move. And maybe even, you know, if you sell Immobile and keep Milinkovic Savic, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, that's what I would have done. Um, yeah, I mean, I... But, I, I... Yeah, I don't think it's all about him. You can't, I don't think we can we can put it all down to Immobile. I think they're, they're definitely... No, I'm not saying it's Immobile personally. Yeah. I'm saying just tactically it's not ticking. And the reason for that is because I don't think Immobile works in this system that he wants to play. And when you don't do that, when he doesn't make that movement, the others don't do the other do the other movements and everything just becomes out of sync. Mm. And it's, it's I like... Just think, like I, I, said, I, I just yeah. think that this Lazio team are, are just... Uh, I mean, I, I even think last season, I just don't think they're... There's, there's there's that much quality. I'm not blaming Sarri. I just I just don't think there's no. really that much quality. Lazio last season, again, overperformed. They, they massively Absolutely. overperformed. But they also overperformed because everyone else underperformed massively. Yeah, that you know, is fair. Inter That's Milan, Juventus, uh, Roma, fair Atalanta. Look fair at enough. the number of games they lost last season. I mean, it was no, one of the true. worst seasons in Serie A history from from, from, from two down to to, se- to seven. In terms yeah. of, no, of right. points, so, That's a very fair so Lazio, point. I don't even think it was Lazio performing, having a man, fantastically amazing season. Again, look at the number of games Lazio lost. So that's a fair point. You know, that's so I think point. they, I they took think... advantage and they just managed to do better than the others. Um, so I think I think that Lazio are a team that are just—they're not a great team. They're a good team, uh, and you know, this is this is they've had a you know a bit of a slow start to the season. They'll pick up. I'm sure they will. Um, but I think at the same time, I don't think that. I think if, if the other big teams perform as they should do, I don't see Lazio as a top four team. Um, mm. Absolutely not. Um, and they're going to have the added issue of Europe, which is going to take a lot out of them. And is, is Lazio's team deep enough? Is their squad deep enough? Mm. I'm not sure. They're going to bring in Guendouzi now. Um, I think he will help. Mm. Um, I'm not a massive fan of him, but I think, you know, at this level, I think, I think he will do all right. 
Um, but yeah, he's only 24. Mm. I mean, he's been around for such a long time that you think. I mean, I, I thought he was like 28, 29, but he's actually pretty young. Yeah, he is. He started off um, the younger Arsenal. And, yeah, yeah, he did. But I mean, I say this with a little bit tongue in cheek. To me, is David Luis from David Luis from Wish dot com. <laughs> I, I just don't. Well, just because he looks I, like I've he's got the same hair as him. No, he's got the same same clumsiness and same yeah. kind of lax attitude and movement and. I don't know, but if Sari can unlock him, you know, you know, hats he's off a, to he's Sarri. a runner, isn't he? He runs. He, he's he yes, fits in, and that's he fits what Sari needs. In. He wants. That he, is bit, he he's a bit. He's a bit of a headless chicken. He is a bit of a headless chicken. That's what I mean yeah. about the David Luiz thing. He, headless chicken, yes. Mm. But I mean, if if uh, if uh, if Farmer Sari can screw his head on right, mm. um, then uh, to, to Genoa, use that analogy to as for Genoa, Genoa will be fine. Uh, Retigri scored. He, he's gonna. He's gonna. I mean, I think Genoa are, are gonna have enough goals in them to stay up. They've got Retigri. They've got Goodmanson. They've got um, Malinovsky now as well. Mm. Uh, That's a good signing. Yes. Yeah. So I think Genoa will be fine. No, I, I like Genoa. I like Genoa. Genoa will be fine. And um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, I, I like Retigri as well. And I'm starting to think, you know, could we? Are we talking about a little dark horse here to become capo cannoniere, Matteo Retigri? Mm. Like, you know, just just putting that out there. I mean, I, I will after on Friday the, the window closes, and next Monday I'll give you my final predictions on everything. Mm. You've got Junior um, Macias but, as well. He's he's going. He's gone to to. He's going to Genoa, isn't he? And that's the level he's at. And I think that's a good signing for Genoa. And I think it's a fantastic move by Milan. Like, that's his level. He's a, he's a good player at that club. He shouldn't be in Milan. He should never have been bought by Milan. So don't take transfer advice from Serse Cosmi, because he was saying that, oh, he's good enough to play for Milan, Juve and Inter and blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> Serse Cosmi is a pop culture reference from the 90s. Let's leave it at that. And let's not take transfer advice from Serse Cosmi. No, or, or, or cap advice either. <laughs> no, I, I like his caps. I like his caps. They're cool. <laughs> bulldog. Right. Um, yeah, the bulldog. Let's, talk, let's talk about the crisis in uh, the other side of Rome. Roma, mm. um, who their bad start to the season continues as well. They lose 2-1 to Verona, um, one of the favourites for relegation after a 2-2 draw at home to Salernitana, which is another of the weakest teams in Serie A. Now, um, two points. First point I want to make is Rui Patricio. I've said it last season. <laughs> Jesus I've been saying it for, Christ. I've been saying it for a year. He's not good enough um, anymore. Um, he he was statistically one of the worst goalkeepers in all of Serie A last season. Have a look at the numbers. Have a look at the XG uh, expected goals against versus actual goals against. Um, he cost Roma so many times last season. And already this season, he's he started off where, where he left off. He, he conceded three goals from his first four shots on target um, this season for, for Roma. And um, he was awful for the first goal uh, against Verona. He, he parried a, a simple long shot straight to Duda and then Duda put, put, Verona, put Verona ahead. Now, for all the work that Roma have done this summer, obviously we know they don't have money. They, I mean, I think they had to replace Rui Patricio. He, he's just a liability now. He's just not good enough. And... I'm looking at David De Gea there. I know he has a big salary, but I don't know if, there, if there's any way Mourinho can talk. You know, they used to, he used to manage him. I don't know if there's any way they can get his salary down, but he is available on a free transfer now. And I know I'm not a biggest fan of De Gea now anymore either. But, talking, but he's better than Rui Patricio. We're talking about Roma. So go for De Gea. Go for him. Why not go for him? But Patricio, they, they've got to replace this guy. He's, he's not good enough. He's really not. 
He's really, really not. He's 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 dreadful. Let's let's be perfectly honest. He's absolutely dreadful. And and Roma. But I want to. I don't want to blame the entire this on on just Rui Patricio as well. When your central midfield, when the answer to your problems are is is a double tandem, Cristante and Paredes. You're asking the wrong questions. It's Argentinian Kuzmanovic and Italian Canadian Kuzmanovic, <laughs> double tandem. It's it's unwatchable. They are awful. I don't understand what he's doing. Um, okay, Renato Sanchez is injured, but that you know, Awar is better. Um, he, you know, it, it, it's just don't play those two together. Paredes Who's got Paredes? Paredes got hauled off 45 minutes into his full debut. Aroma. Wonder why. So, are we, are we <laughs> going to see another another Juventus? Lucky, lucky was it Juventus and at PSG or and at every big team. But he's not. <laughs> he's not good enough. Yeah. Like, I mean, he didn't protect the defense, but Roma's defense has been very shaky so far. Away from Patricio. yeah, it has. Chris Smalling is not in form. Um, he's not. He's he's been bad. He's been bad. Let's be honest. We, you know, I I really like Chris what Chris Smalling did last season, uh, but he's not in form and he looks a little bit off in terms of the timing. Mm. More than anything, Llorente um, as well. I mean, a, yeah. a Leeds reject starting at centre back. I mean, again, you know, this 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 tells tells us everything. And then and Christensen as well. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I these these kind of signings. I, I don't think they bring anything to to, to Roma. Mm. Um, no, no, they don't. And um, but they they really don't. But I I don't understand. You know, Pellegrini was really good. Uh, he's that guy with his free kicks. Mm. He's so unlucky, unlucky, but damn, he's good at free Roma kicks. have had bad luck uh, this season because even in this game, have a look at the XG in this game, 2.1 XG to 0.98 XG. That, that's not as emphatic as it was in the first week. The first week, they had so many... I mean, it was literally Kandreva to one of the goals versus 2-point-something XG for Roma. So, you know, Roma have been unlucky. They had chances. They hit the woodwork. Um, a howler from the goalkeeper for the first goal. More injuries, Dybala, Zalewski both coming off. Uh, Zalewski after coming on as a sub, Sanchez injured before the game. All those suspensions before the game. Like, things are not going for Roma right now. They've been unlucky. Um, but also at the same time, you know, one point from two games after having getting such a good fixture list to start the season um, is, is an issue. Um, and that brings us on to Romelu Lukaku. Roma are close to signing Lukaku on a, it seems like it's going to be a loan deal with no obligation and a loan fee, probably around about 5 million. Lukaku will lower his salary to make the move. He's confirmed himself the transfer will go through. Doesn't really mean much anymore what Lukaku says, but um, he said it. Um, So unless he changes his mind after watching this game against Verona, (laughs) um, you know, he's going to be a Roma player. What does this what does this mean to Roma? If you ignore the fact that you know it's only two games in, so this you know season's not over. Um, does this now no. give Roma a chance of top four? Or does it even give them a chance of, of Scudetto? What, what what does this mean for Roma? Scudetto for sure not because they're not good enough in other areas of the pitch as we've described already. The you know so far in the midfield, defensively, goalkeeper, but it does boost their chances to finish in the top four for sure. Um, and when Paolo Dybala is fit, um, he, him, Lukaku, and we'll see Lukaku, Dybala, Pellegrini. And Inter fans are going to be pulling their hairs, or in my case, whatever little they've got left, because they, Inter fans <laughs> could have had that at Inter. Um, and 
it's it's frustrating because I think Dybala and Lukaku will be unbelievable together. Um, and Lukaku, even though at this this point in his career, he has what it takes to score 15, 20 goals in the Serie A. Um, and he's going to be that reference point that Mourinho wants up front. Um, they've worked together. They know each other. And Lukaku is is pissed off. Um, you know, he wants to, you know he wants to prove himself, and he's that kind of a character who likes to prove himself. And you know, look at you know and sh- you know so you know say basically you know against adversity and against all odds kind of guy. So this is a very good signing for Roma. This puts them in, in, in good contention for the for for the top for top four. And I think with Sardar Azmoun as a backup and Belotti there, now they actually have options up front. Um, uh, which, which they didn't have just a, just a week ago. Um, so I, I understand why he wants to, why, why Roma want him, and I think it's a good signing by Roma. Uh, but Romelu Lukaku has just no. I don't understand this guy. Just before, just before, just before we get to Lukaku, let, let me just add on what, you, what what he'll bring to Roma. I think that Dybala and Lukaku potentially <laughs> is a really really exciting combination if they can stay fit. That's the big if. Dybala went off mm. with another muscle injury, it seems. I don't know how serious it is if it was a precaution. Uh, he came off because of precaution. Um, but again, he's, he, he's injured. I mean, in fact, even Mourinho said before, before, before the game, the only reason we were able to sign Dybala uh, and by extension someone like Lukaku is because other clubs don't want, want them anymore. Um, Dybala, yeah. because, because of the injury. He says we only be able to sign Dybala because no one else wanted to go for him because he's injured. Lukaku, again, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, Big clubs are not going for him uh, uh, anymore. Um, so, so this is kind of where they are. If they can stay fit together, I'm sure they will score a lot of goals. You know, between them, at least 30 goals, maybe even 40 goals between them, if they can stay fit. The problem is they won't stay fit for a whole season. Uh, uh, certainly not Tibala. So, you know, I think that I think that, that with a bit of luck, this is great for, for Roma. Uh, I saw somebody comparing them to. The, the Omar Sivori, John Charles Juventus part. Yeah, back in the U.S. The little, yeah, the little guy, the little genius Sivori with the big monster, um, John Charles. So, you know, it's um, I think it's good. And with Pellegrini um, or Awa, who scored in this game, um, I mean, I, I like think Awa. there's a lot, really like there's a lot of attacking offensive quality there. Talent. Uh, Spinazzola, yeah, if he is. can get back to his best. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of quality there. Um Mourinho has to find a way of tying it all together, which Showing he wasn't able to defense. do with even with Pellegrini and Dybala last season. So now he's got more mm. to, to try and tie it. I think Lukaku could unlock both Dybala and Pellegrini because of the fact that he can hold up the ball and create that kind of extra second needed mm. for, for players to adapt. And, 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 and no, I, I think, I, I really think this is a good signing for Roma um, and, and this, is, this is good. Mm. Uh, but for Lukaku... You know he's not going to be challenging for the champion. He's not. He's not going to play in the Champions League. He's not challenging for the Scudetto. His his career at that top is finished, and Inter was his only chance, and he screwed that up. Um, yeah, for the first time and, since leaving Everton, you could say in terms of expectation. I mean, we can all sit mm-hmm. here and say Man United never really had a chance of winning the the, the Premier League, but in terms of expectation, um. This is the first time since leaving Everton in 2017 um, mm. that he isn't going to be challenging for for a big title. I still think that Roma could win the Europa League. If you call that a big title, I wouldn't call it a big title. A league title or Champions League. Uh, fair enough. Know. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. 
But I think I think they can win something in Europe. I think they showed last season they have European pedigree and European routine, and I think that they they I think they. But it does sum up how his career's declined, doesn't it? That, that, exactly. That he's now here. He is. Um, he's now at a club that are not challenging for for one of the major major Absolutely. major titles. So. Yeah, that, that shows us where we are. But, you know, an angry Lukaku, we'll see. We'll see what he can do. And the other, another big transfer that um, is going to happen, Beto is about to join Everton from Udinese for €31 million Euros plus bonuses. Um, for, those, for those of you who are listening, Everton fans who want to know about him, we did an interview with Beto last season. Uh, if you go onto our YouTube page, um, type in Beto in the search, you will, find, you will find it on there. It's a really, really good interview. He's a great guy. Uh, and um, he has a great story of where of how where he's come from to to get to to this stage. Um, and um, I think that um, yeah, good luck to him. That's what I want to say. I mean, he's got the quality. He's got Premier League qualities. He's got the pace. He's got the power. Um, he you know his touch is not the best, um, but he's he's uh, he's a good guy. And um, you know, I wish him all the best. I do worry for Udinese though now losing him, losing Pereira, losing. Uh, Bekal could lose Samadzic Delefeu injury uh, the attack the attack is yeah I mean they need to do some work I think this, 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 this let's just day. say that Mr. Marino is no longer there and Mr. Balzaretti has his work cut out for him yeah that's that's all I'm going to say about yeah. that yeah we love Udinese here we've got a relationship with him they give us we players do. to come on the show but yeah I think uh, they need to do some work in the last days we do. it's going to be a tough season for them um, okay, just before we do Badger Brem face of the week, um, let's just sum up the other game. To Atalanta lose to Frosinone 2 1. Shock, shock loss, but a very poor performance from Atalanta. Created, didn't create much. They defended badly. And I think it's just just simple thing to say about this is this just sums up why Atalanta won't, probably won't challenge the top four this season. Um, no, they um, won't. They're, yeah. they're a mess defensively. They are an absolute shambles defensively. I, I just, they've never been like. They've never been world-class defensively, really. But this is now becoming a complete joke. They are so bad. Just go and watch some of the goals they've conceded. Oh, it's just... Mm. And, I'm, and, I'm not, and I'm not content. I'm not impressed enough with their full-backs as well. Um, Zappa nope. Costa's getting older. Um, Ruggeri on, on, the, on the other side. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the other alternatives for those roles. Um, they need to get Skimaka fully fit and starting. And the injury to El Bilal Torre, really, yeah, really unlucky. A great win for Frosinone. Monterrey had a dream game, scored and made a great goal-saving block. I thought uh, um, had a good um, uh, had a good debut on loan from Juventus. And it looks like they could mm. maybe bring in Caio Jorge and, and uh, Sule as well. Sule. So, you know, mm. I, I, I don't, so I'm not sure if that would be enough to keep Frosinone up. But, yeah, gives them more of a chance. Um but it certainly gives Hellas Verona. I mean, Hellas Verona could stay. I mean, two wins in a row. Yeah, very surprising. Very surprising. I, I Baroni's doing an excellent job. I think it's going to be a tough season for them. But yeah, well done to them. Great mm. start. Fiorentina threw it away against Lecce. 2-0 up. They draw 2 Again. Um, yeah, <laughs> again. Um, they, they, again. I mean, they should have won. They had lots of chances. But, but yeah, yeah not, 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 not good enough from Fiorentina. Not good enough either in, against Rapid Vienna in the first leg. And they're 1-0 down. They have to turn that around. Otherwise... I mean, it's been a disaster. They're in the Conference League playoff. They were in the final last season mm. and they and they can't even make it to the tournament this year. It would be an absolute abject yeah. failure. Um, yeah. And Italianos, Italianoing, 
Yeah, there'll be, no like there'll be no excuses. But I, I, I'm not impressed by their, by their by their market. I have to say so far, they, they need to do some work. They lose Amrabat as well. I, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not happy with their market. I'll be honest with you. I'm mm. not at the moment, but we'll see. Um, rest of the Serie A fixtures. Well, the Monza beat Empoli two 0 uh, Colpani scored a double, fantastic goal, his first goal. He's getting some interest from, from bigger clubs, so he's one to watch this season. Uh, and then we're recording this on... Did Monday. you see Bastoni? I saw Bastoni commenting on his Instagram post, come to Inter. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <it was laughs> bit, I don't know if he deleted that later. It was kind of funny, just noted that. Mm. Yeah, uh, Monday night games, recording this before then. Salernitana, Udinese and Cagliari. Inter, uh, and also just, we've already commented on this a week ago, so we write again, but Mancini has, is now taken over the Saudi Arabian national team. We knew that already. Yeah, it's official now. Yeah, it's official. So we knew that was already happening. He'll be there for the 2026 World Cup. Um, okay, let's finish off with Badjo and Prim Face of the Week. Right. Badjo. Pulisic? Um, Pulisic, hasn't it? Yeah. We've got to go with, with Christian Pulisic. Um, and also uh, Destiny Udoji. I think he's having a good time. And, and Guglielmo Vicario at Spurs. Yeah, Dodgy, another great performance. Got a great assist for Tottenham against Bournemouth. Uh, he's had a, he's, yeah, he's been playing fantastic. Uh, surely. A clean sheet for, for Vicario again, yeah. whilst Onana's doing howlers. It's, uh, <laughs> mm. Surely, surely he has to get called up for the national team, Dodgy, after that. Yeah. Creme yeah. face of the week. Go on then, Nima. Look, this is getting ridiculous now. This, this, this is such... I mean, I don't have anything against the Zerbi, but this oh, is really? a cult now. This <laughs> really? is a cult. Jamie really? Redknapp, really? this is a direct really? quote. Really? quote. Roberto De Zerbi is potentially one of the greatest managers of all time. Okay, we have gone from when he was appointed in eight, nine months, is it? What is it? Eight months, nine months? When, when was it? How long is it? Nine, now? Uh, ten is, months, yeah. Ten months. Okay, so we've gone from ten months to... This man is barely championship level to him being the greatest of all time. This is why. Why does everything have to be so exaggerated? Why does why does why can't we just give him some time to develop his career and not say that he's either shit or champagne? Can we just can everyone just take a breather? This is such mm. a prim face thing to do yeah. to go from he's barely championship level to he's the greatest of all time in less than 10, 10 months. Yeah, it's it's silly. It's silly. The it thing is, 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 a is a hallmark of the Prem face, going the, the extremes. <laughs> it's, it's such it's, an it's, extreme. It's the hallmark of the, of the, the Prem face media in, in building people up <laughs> and then shooting them down, or alternatively, the kind of redemption <laughs> redemption to, to, you know, the redemption yeah. story. It's such, a, yeah. it's such a hallmark of the Prem face media. It's the so exaggerated. It's so exaggerated and it's so unnecessary. There's no need for it. Like he is, a, he is a good manager. He's one of the most talented ones, young managers out there. He plays. He has. He, he has movements and patterns of play that are really, really unique and interesting. Can we stop with? With just canonizing him and turning him into something he isn't, only to build and then because you build, they're building him up to be something he isn't. Today, he might be one day, but they're building him up to be something he isn't one day. And then if he fails, they'll just tear him down again. And that's what I think you were alluding to, this redemption story. It's it's over-hyping things and then over-criticizing thing, mm. things. It's just, can everyone just calm down and leave him be and let him do his job at Brighton, who's where he's doing fantastically, mm. and just calma, 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, okay, that's, well done, Nemo. Yeah, okay, I will go with that. That's a, that's a, that's a good take from you. That's a very honest, I mean, fair and balanced take. But that's always what I've been saying about him. I think it's ridiculous. This is this 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 canonization of him is ridiculous. He's only been there 10 months. He did a good job at Sassuolo. I don't count, I don't even want to go into what happened to Shakhtar because he, you know, a war broke out. Then, then, then now he's come to Brighton and he continued a really good job that Potter started and because Brighton are a really, really well-run club. Can we just give them guys some time and let him, let's see what happens and how he evolves and develops and not turn him into the goat after 10 months at Brighton, nor say that he's, I also, you know... I also have thing, and I'm a massive Deserby fan. I think he's going to... I think it's going to be difficult for him this season because I look at their team. Their team is not good. It is not a good team. It really isn't. It was last season. They lost their three best players. Um, mm. And they... they. Uh, I mean, uh, he did an amazing job last season. He is the, the best... And Scottish Allegri beat season. him on the weekend. The best season. But like... This, the, the, he did the, <laughs> like, best, the best season in, his, in Brighton's history. The historic season for them. Mm, so what yeah. he did was amazing. And you can never take that away. But you look at Brighton's... Of course. You look at Brighton's team this season. It's a bad team. I mean, have a it look. Is. Have a look at their starting eleven. It's a. It's, it's really on paper. It's a. It's a team that should be fighting against relegation, in my opinion. It isn't good. Mm. It's a bad team. Um, so you know, he, he's if he does really well this season, and, and he adds to it. But you know, like you said, we need the balance. If he, if he struggles, we also got to remember this is a bad. Team. My only criticism, like you said earlier today, that you said you know his weaknesses, and that's my only criticism to him is the weaknesses that you you were aware of but like you but in your opinion the positives outweighs the negatives i think you in order to be a great manager top manager you have to know how to defend guardiola knows how to defend he doesn't this notion that guardiola is is only attack attack is nonsense yeah. his his way of defending you've got to look at the teams they're managing though haven't they pep, pep that's pep, fair that's pep all managed, fair that's pep has always absolutely. managed teams in the world let's see absolutely. how pep does absolutely. how many goals he conceded if he was managing Sassuolo no no that that's yeah. fair that's that's absolutely fair my, my point is simply this that I think that my main criticism to Pizzerbi has always been there's no defensive stability and I don't think he he doesn't seem like he cares to address that mm. that's my criticism to him but I think he's intelligent enough to adapt. And I hope he does because it's a young Italian manager playing very modern and interesting football. And it would be very cool to see what he can do. It would be brilliant if he could have a great career. But he's neither the GOAT after eight months at Brighton. And he's also not championship level, which everyone, which some people were saying he was before he took over Brighton. So calma, please breathe in, inhale, exhale, calm down. Okay. <laughs> Very level-headed Nima this morning. <laughs> no, this is what I've always said about the Zerbi. It's well, just the first time you actually listen to what well, I said. You said you get Juventus relegated once, but apart from He that, would. <laughs> he would. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> he would. There you go. Because, because in the Serie A, if he's going to play like open, open floodgates like that in the Serie A, I mean, you saw how, how oh, with this on. Juventus That's team. That's ridiculous. Come on, man. That's a, well, let's leave oh, anyway. We've gone on for too yeah. long. That's a ridiculous thing to say, but anyway. No, no, it's um, not. Right. Um, not. Let's leave it at that. We'll be back on Tuesday for the Q&A and Thursday. No, actually, maybe Friday this week to do it. I was going to say, we might do it on Friday because we we're back Friday from the window close. Finish off the, yeah. It's a close to transfer window. But yeah, we'll have another show yeah. at the end of the week as well. Okay. Uh, have a good week, everyone. Until next time. Ciao, ciao.